Hey everybody and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson to my Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. Keith Caulfield, how's it going, Keith? Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, all right, there we go. There we go, yeah. Um, are you a True Detective fan? I, 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 I'm, I'm not, not a True Detective fan. I'm no. not. I've just heard that uh, no one is really thrilled with how the season's going or the season finished. Was it done? Is it done now? No? Yeah, it finished. Uh, we're rec- recording this on Monday the 10th. It, re- it finished last night. Seems like it was very convoluted. Seems like it was a lot of, like, people angrily staring at each other or something if if that's not the plot to true detective it's just people angrily staring at each other then i I don't know that that's what i'm basing my opinion on based on the the trailer we're now we're we're both talking about a show that we neither one of us watch is that what's happening right now yeah you know what i have been watching uh which is pretty terrible but entertaining is ballers starring the rock oh man it's got that it's got that football it's got that entourage vibe of of like yeah. Dumb bros hanging out. I'm like, yeah, hard right, to deny the this. dumb bro vibe <laughs> TV show. It really is hard. I I know you're being sarcastic, but I, I oh, it's really I, easy. I agree with that, it's like super easy. <laughs> so easy. Keith, welcome as always to another Pop Shop Podcast episode. We are going to be talking about a whole lot in the pop world. We have a new number one single on the Hot 100 this week. We have the debut of One Direction at near the top of the Hot 100. We have Drake, we have a couple cool soon-to-be hits, and we're going to be talking about the Billboard 200 albums chart, where it's Luke Bryan and Dr. Dre battling it out next week. We also yeehaw. have a, Yeehaw, indeed. We also have a fun interview. I, I, I had a really great time checking in with Iconopop, who were in town last week, supporting One Direction on their stadium tour. The girls of Iconopop, of course, of I Love It fame. Their new single, Emergency, is great. We talked about the One Direction tour and working on the music, and it it was an awesome, awesome chat. Uh, Keith, before we get started, as always, if you love the Pop Shop Podcast as much as we do, maybe even more than we do, if possible, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you never, ever miss an episode. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. We, We love to hear your feedback. It also makes our stats higher and our hearts sing. If you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. He is at Keith underscore Caulfield. I am at Jason Lipschutz. And if you want to discover more from the Billboard podcast realm, go to iTunes.com slash Billboard podcasts. That's plural. Keith, are you ready to rock and roll? Si, senor. All right, man. Let's start at the top of the Hot 100 because Omi, cheerleader, is no longer number one. We got a new number one. And it is. I'll, I'll let you reveal, man. I'll let you reveal it. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. But, but I, I love, love it. it. But I, I can't love feel my face when I'm with you. It's a fun song to sing. The weekend, of course, we are singing, if you couldn't we're, tell. We're, from we're, our, our we're putting singing in quotes, noises. air quotes. We're singing. <laughs> can't feel my face. Oh, my goodness gracious. So it, it, it hits number one, and we, we've been talking about this battle for number one for a couple weeks because the weekend camp came on Facebook was number two for a, a few frames there. Omi was blocking it, and then finally they flip-flop. Omi, cheerleader, down to number two. What made up the difference this week, Keith? Um, Actually, everything, because uh, uh, as chart geeks know or chart watchers know, the Billboard Hot 100 
uh, ranks the most popular 100 songs in the country each week based upon a blend of airplay, sales, and streaming information. And uh, The weekend actually beats Omi in all three metrics this week. So um, it wasn't just one thing that pushed him over the top. It was all three, um, just a little bit uh, in all three metrics, and that was enough to put him over Omi. Um, Omi wasn't really down that much, and Omi actually still gained an airplay this week, believe it or not. Um, But it was a great week for uh, the weekend, and now he's number one. I also have to say that this is a great thing because I I kind of feared that this was going to be one of those things where, like, you have an awesome track that, like, stalls out at number two. Yeah. Um, like Ed Sheeran's, uh, was it Thinking Out Loud, was like number two for like a million years. Um, or like I think Work It from Missy Elliott was number two for a long time. And yeah. you know, there's just like this series of like, ah, oh, come Psy. on. Psy is the big one. I remember Gangnam Style. Oh, yes, which really, I mean, for it, speaking purely as someone, I mean, we, we have no way. I mean, I don't, I've got, I, I don't make the chart do what it does. The chart just does what it does. And I can speak from sort of an exasperated like pop fan where I look through the, the chart history of, of songs that peaked at certain positions. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I really wish, you know, Foreigners Waiting for a Girl Like You would have been number one for one <laughs> week instead of 10 weeks stuck at number two. Um, stuff That's like true, that. Man. So anyway, I'm happy that it's number one because it's an awesome song. And uh, yeah, go weekend. Go weekend. Indeed. Uh, speaking of the weekend, he is headlining our inaugural hot 100 fest later this month can't wait for that uh keith do you see this staying at number one for a while is there is there any kind of indication that it's it's going to be a a long run or do you think it's going to be there for a few weeks or what do you what do you think if you were to make some sort of prediction um i think because the the trick with staying at number one for a long time on the hot 100 is that you have um uh, a lot of growth at radio and sustained momentum at radio and i think this is one of those songs where it's like an uptown funk sort of song where it's not its appeal is not limited to one particular uh, demographic or one particular format of radio or one kind of audience. It's one of those songs that can work well at top 40 radio, adult top 40 radio, like uh, rhythmic, urban, rap. Like it's kind of all over the, fl- the place. And it has that, that sort of classic Michael Jackson-esque sound that just sounds great to a lot of different people and i think this is really going to be one of those songs that kind of hangs on for a good long time yeah i i totally agree with you man and it, it's interesting because we've seen this happen this year it's been a year of songs just getting to number one and staying there for a very long time you saw it with uptown funk like you said you saw it with see you again and you might see it with can't feel my face i, I know the, the exceptions are bad blood which was number one for one week right and now omi which which you know for i what was it four weeks i guess uh yes it was, was four it weeks three number or four. one for cheerleader yeah yep. so I, I i i agree with you though that i think there's so much momentum behind this song i i've it's funny because i i've discussed this song with like a bunch of different people like from that that are fans of a bunch of different genres of music like i, I discussed it with one of my friends who's like strictly a, a pop fan, another who's who's a big R and B guy, and another even like a, a big rock fan, and and they were all like, "Yeah, this song's really catchy." Yeah, I mean, uh, you can't really find anyone who just flat out hates this track because it's just so darn infectious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, also, it's another number one hit for Max Martin. 
by the way, the producer, Max Martin, he's one of a couple producers. Well, actually, it's just two producers on the track. It's Max Martin and um, uh, someone else. Uh, that's, that's my super. I love the work of someone else. Someone else, oh, really, a really great, producer. a really great other person, um, which <laughs> I'll tell you in a second. But um, that Max Martin train cannot be stopped. No, just that Max Martin rain just will not let up. So, Keith, uh, I, I know we've been getting a ton of questions about where is One Direction's new single "Drag Me Down" going to debut? Where where is it going to debut? We we ran a story last week that I think you wrote about the fact that it's going it was going to debut probably in the top five it does debut in the top five at number three correct yeah, yeah it's it's a huge a huge debut at number three i know um, some folks named jason were asking me last week oh is it going <laughs> to debut at number one like you know it's really hard to debut at number one these days uh so just getting this high is pretty amazing and what's pretty spectacular is that uh the song has uh, One Direction's best sales week ever. Uh, it starts with uh, th- 349,000, I believe, is the wow. number uh, downloads this week. Uh, yeah. Somewhere around there. Uh, no, I'm going to get the number for you. <laughs> I'm not going to just gonna, like dodge. Well, while you look that up, yeah, No, no, I mean... 350,000 downloads. 350,000 downloads. That's a lot of downloads, man. It's It's crazy how... You know, we, we talked about this last week on the show, how if you look at the lead singles from One Direction's albums, uh, Live While We're Young, top five debut. Best song ever from Midnight Memories, top five debut. And then last year with Steal My Girl, it, it, it was a little bit more muted. It was a top 20 debut, but definitely didn't have that kind of juice that we are now seeing from Drag Me Down. And I, I think... You know, I, I want to see what you think about this. I, I, I assume it's going to likely dip next week on the yeah. chart just because you can't sustain that kind of download number. No, you can't. And I think, you know, uh, they, they could have actually had a shot at number one had they put out a music video in the same week. Um, mm, you know, some, some sort of, you know, uh, video on YouTube uh, would have helped like a proper music video if they had like kind of uh, done it all one time, like the video, the song airplay boom 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 because they weren't really they're not incredibly far away from number one um they could have actually made up the difference probably with the video um but you know uh hindsight's 2020 um they could have pulled it they should have pulled the shake it off some would say yeah uh, they they should have yeah the whole thing should have come out at the same time um but that said uh, yes i do think it'll take a dip next week as uh, most blockbuster debuts do that's just sort of a natural thing and that's probably what's going to happen um so yeah but i think it's interesting how uh they generate their best sales week yet uh, five years into their career a little over five years into their career since they first all debuted or you know auditioned for the x factor you know five years ago um and also coming after you know um kind of uh, a time when most boy bands are kind of winding down yeah um and i i kind of am comparing this to a degree you didn't ask me any of this and it's uh, I'm no just, go for I'm it just volunteering to me it kind of vaguely reminds me of when the spice girls lost jerry hollowell and mm. there was a lot of interest in their next single after jerry left and the single was called goodbye and the song um was actually a, a pretty significant hit it did really well for them um, and I think it peaked at number 11 on the Hot 100, which back then was a pretty big deal. 
Um, I think it was stuck at number 11 for like three weeks or something on the chart, which is really tragic because it really should have been top 10. <laughs> tragic. It, well, it, no, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, when we talked about number two peaking hits earlier, yeah. when you have a song stop at number 11, it was number 11 for three weeks. It's been its first three weeks at number 11. That is so annoying. Um, That's so true. And um, for uh, Goodbye, actually, it sold... Uh, 74,000 copies in its first week, which back in 1998 was actually a pretty big number. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I think it's kind of the same thing where there's a lot of interest in what are they going to sound like without uh, this member and how will they be able to go on. And there's going to be this groundswell of interest, um, will, which probably isn't going to naturally sustain itself going forward. Um, so we'll see how things shake out in the next few weeks. It'll be really interesting. Speaking of the Spice Girls, man, um, it, it's funny because I was on TV last week uh, talking about the talking about the Spice Girls like uh, rumored reunion, mm. and I, I was talking uh, about the fact that you know I, I was asked like if if Victoria Beckham was not going to reunite with the Spice Girls for a uh, potential twentieth anniversary reunion, I mean, ah, uh, you know. It's not all five. Would people actually care? And I'm like, and I, I said, hey, look at what One Direction's doing as as a quartet now, still s- selling out stadium shows. And I think that you know it, it's all about the presentation of the of the music. And people love this song, man. You, I, I saw One Direction last week at MetLife Stadium uh, in North Jersey, and you know, I obviously it's it, it's only a few days old, so it's going to get a huge reaction. But I, I think it was it was definitely one of the well most well received songs of the night, even bigger than you know what makes you beautiful or best song ever or, or their biggest hits. Uh, it, people are really excited about this song. D- well, it's a great song. I mean, um, it is. It's it, also Spice Girls. Did you see the Spice Girls reunion show? The, no, I did not. Oh, we talked did about you? it before. Oh yeah, it was great. It's so awesome. <laughs> I would I would have enjoyed that. It was, anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm not sure if it's gonna have it, it wouldn't have quite the same magic without Victoria Beckham because you know yeah. girl power. You need all five girls. Cause that's the whole point. Girl power together. <laughs> mm. Even if she like taped like a video like interlude, I'm it sure. Still wouldn't be come the same. on, I'm sure she would do that. She would be the the interludes as they're getting changed and whatnot. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm here to entertain. I don't know. That's clearly not her accent, but... I'm, a, I'm in a studio. I'm in a studio anyway. right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm designing clothes for the girls right now backstage. <laughs> anyway, back on the Hot 100 with Keith. Um, Drake's back-to-back We uh, starts at number 21 on the Hot 100 chart. We talked about the Drake Meek Mill beef and its sales impact on both of their careers. This seems to be the, the song that stood out the most uh, from this whole squabble. Yeah, point to Drake and, it, you know, and a lot of people are already giving him that point. But just in terms of, you know, this is this is a, a Hot 100, it's a top 40 hit, it's almost a top 20 hit. So we'll see about that sustained momentum. Where did, Keith, um, I, I want to know, is Charged Up part of the, the brouhaha as well? Yes, yeah, so basically what happened was that Charged Up was Drake's first diss track aimed at Meek Mill. And everyone was a little bit lukewarm on it. It was like, he got some good... It good. debuts at 78 on the Hot 100 this week. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So everyone was a little bit lukewarm on that one. It was like, ah, he got some good punches in there, but it wasn't like a knockout. And then he dropped back to back, and it was like, oh, man. That that was... He leveled Meek Mill on that one. And that debuts so. at 21, yeah. Yeah. So what? So what? So what's this other? Uh, since I'm so familiar with Drake, <laughs> um, what's um, Hotline Bling? 
That is not a, a Meek Mill diss track. That's just a, a new a new track. That's just like a rant. That's his new single. Uh, from it's his not album. like an official single. It's just one of those Drake tracks that that come out. I I, be, I might be wrong on this. I think it might have come out on his OVO Sound uh, radio show that he's been doing every week. Oh okay. Uh, which also was where he debuted. I know charged up. I'm not sure about back to back. Anyway, oh, it's because there's because like, he has like uh, four different debuts this week on the Hot 100. Those those are three of them. Then he has a fourth debut with the game uh, featuring Drake. 100 debuts at number 90. So it's a all, lot of Drake it's all going Drake on this week. All the time. Yeah. Uh, Keith. Anyway, speaking of the lower reaches of the Hot 100, let's talk about a couple songs that are not in the top 40. Not maybe not even on the chart at all, but we want to talk about them because they might be hits soon enough. That's why we call the segment. Soon to be hits. All right, man, we got two good ones on soon to be hits this week. I went first last week. I'll, I'll let you go first this week. Oh, okay. So mine is actually from an artist, and it was one of those artists where I'm like, have we actually talked about this particular song previously? So if we have, and we just have a really bad memory, don't blame us. Maybe it's just because we really like the song a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't think we, we, this song just came out, so I don't think we've talked about this Okay, one. well, I don't know. It's, anyway, it's Carly Rae Jepsen's Run Away With Me. Um, <laughs> it's super catchy. So um, good. It's, it's, a, it's a great single, um, Run Away With Me. It's from her album, Emotion. Uh, which comes out like in like two weeks, I believe. August 21st, I want to say, is when the album comes out. Um, it's just one of those songs that has like this kind of, I don't want to, I, I, how to describe it, like atmospheric adult, uh, um, like um, pop. It's very, what, what? very, um, I don't even know. It's just very euphoric. It's it's, just, it, it's very like heart swelling pop. Yeah, music. it has it has this kind of like I always call. I have that, like uh, I really like songs that have like sort of like a whoosh moment, where you yeah. kind of feel like you're being sort of carried away by something, and yeah. it it just has this kind of really sort of um, uplifting vibe to it. Um, at the same time, sounding really kind of like elegant and smart and cool it's great um, it's, it's a really great song and um you know her last single i really like you didn't as we say set the world on fire it did okay um it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one it's bubbling under the threshold of our mainstream top 40 chart which is known as pop songs on billboard.com so it could debut here in the next few weeks um i think it's really cool uh, and you should definitely check it out keith did you see what i wrote last week about the underrated pop artists and I, I was trying to I, I did this whole nerdy thing about trying to determine who was the most if Carly Rae Jepsen specifically was the most underrated pop artist at the moment uh did you did you see that um maybe not no I did not would you like to tell us about it and how Carly Rae is what the most <laughs> underrated pop artist of all time no I was talking about at, at the moment I did this huge scientific breakdown of Carly Rae Jepsen and nine other pop artists who I find to be underrated. Obviously, it was a, a subjective thing. It wasn't like there's any kind of like underrated meter. But I, I did it based on uh, it was four categories. It was like lack of critical acclaim, lack of commercial success, longevity of being underrated, and amount of mind blowing music released. Hmm. Uh, so, so let me it, guess. Like, um, ooh, ooh, uh, who's Sky Ferreira? Was she in there? Sky Ferreira actually came out on top. Spoiler alert. Oh. She was my no, she was number one. Mm. Uh, and then Robin was number two. And then I think Carly Rae and Marina and the Diamonds uh, 
share the bronze. You know what you should do? You should, uh, for all you booking agents that are out there, you should get <laughs> like sort of the 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 un, the cool. Uh, the, the, all all these folks should get together on a on a multi artist bill and put oh, one together. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Anyway, next uh, year Hot 100 Fest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a, we got a couple underrated ones in there. I think uh, I, I think Betty so. Who. Betty Who was a, yeah was in there. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. What's also, your, on hey, soon what's, to be hits. What's your soon to be hit? <laughs> my soon to be hit, my friend, is Love Myself. From Haley Steinfeld. I, I love this song. This is Haley Steinfeld's debut single as a solo artist. She put out a, an acoustic version of Sean Mendez's song, Stitches. Haley Steinfeld, if you're not familiar, uh, is actually an Oscar nominated actress yeah. uh, from True Grit from a couple years ago. She was also in Pitch Perfect 2 and a couple other film roles. Uh, uh, she was also in the Bad Blood video, right? She was indeed in she's the Bad Blood video. She's not just a friend video. of Taylor Swift. She has no. she has other certifiable talents. So she's she's making a go at it uh, of it go of it on Republic Records and Love Myself is her first official single. It, it just came out this past Friday, August 7th, so it is not charted yet. I I expect that this song is going to debut on the Hot 100 next week. We'll talk about it then. But I, I th- this song is just a blast. It's it's a, a great debut single. It's definitely about self love, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, oh. But in like the in like the air quotes, self love. Oh, it's not like empowerment. Yeah, come on, ladies, we can do it together. It's like yeah, come on, ladies, we can do it together. <laughs> hey Oh boy, so inappropriate. <laughs> it's true. No, it's it, it's a, it's an impa- it's a self empowerment anthem in a, in a certain way in a certain way in, certain, in this summer of songs mode. like cool for the summer by demi lovato and <laughs> yeah it's 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 definitely in there so Haley seinfeld is it's 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 super it's super catchy it's it's definitely uh meant to be heard in like an arena setting I, i'm hoping that she shows up at, at something like a jingle ball or, or something this year because i love to hear this in in a big setting so Haley seinfeld love myself and Carly Rae Jepsen, Run Away With Me. Those are the two soon-to-be hits. You almost feel like Haley's going to show up at like a Taylor Swift concert as like the special oh, guest, yeah. and they'll like do the song together. Yeah, I think that that'll that is a great call in the next like week or two. Yeah. Um, did you yeah. see that she brought out? Fetty Wap in Seattle. Man, she's bringing out some like sort of whoa, never would have thought of that artist artists on her <laughs> on her tours lately. Good for Fetty Wap, man. That's, I mean, not a bad thing. It was just like uh, wow, cool. Fetty Wap is like a pop star now. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, anyway, Keith, let's let's quickly talk about the Billboard 200 albums chart, which you wrote about earlier today. Uh, so we have a new number one. It's the Descendants soundtrack who knew who who knew, knew? no one yeah, no one knew <laughs> so what it what is this descendant soundtrack exactly. I, i've heard of this i've heard of this uh i i did not watch the descendants in, but in, can in, you explain it a little in, bit in uh to, to unless you basically have a child that is like <laughs> watching disney channel you probably don't have the foggiest clue what descendants is so and i, I was Honestly, in the dark until relatively recently as well. Uh, um, it was a really slow week for new albums uh, in the past week. Uh, so the Descendants, uh, not even the Descendants, that's that's the George Clooney movie. Um, 
Descendants. It's a TV movie, a live-action TV movie on Disney Channel, directed and choreographed by Kenny Ortega, who also did all three high school musical films. And, um, of course, Michael Jackson's This Is It, and he mm-hmm. choreographed Dirty Dancing. Hey, you know, Kenny Ortega. Um, but it's uh, about four children of classic Disney villains who are in this fairy tale universe and have to like, you know, go to sort of like a private school together. It's uh, anyway, uh, there's a lot of music in it and the soundtrack, which features um, the stars of the uh, TV movie singing uh, debuts at number one. Uh, The interesting thing about this, aside from the fact that, you know, Hey, we've never heard of this thing and it debuts at number one. It's the uh, fourth soundtrack to be number one this year on the billboard 200 following pitch perfect Two, uh, 50 shades of gray and um, the uh, Empire soundtrack. Um, but also, it is the uh, lowest uh, unit total ever um, <laughs> at number one on the Billboard 200 uh, in two different ways of measuring. Um, one, since we started measuring the most popular albums of the week by overall um, consumption units, like overall album equivalent units, um, that was last December. It has the lowest figure. Uh, it did 42,000 overall units. And it actually sold about 29,000 copies in terms of like pure albums, which is the lowest sales figure ever at number one uh, since Nielsen started tracking sales back in 1991. So it was a really spectacular week for album sales. Uh, but congratulations to Descendants. Hey. Yeah, it's it's insane how how few copies actually need to get sold now to, for a, for a number one mm-hmm. album on 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 you know on certain weeks obviously normally yeah normally what happens is that every week there's at least one album that does well like you know yeah. good like oh you know even like in sort of like a like a like a mediocre week you'll still have like a Jill Scott album which does like 50,000 or something you know so exactly. it's like oh it's not great but at least it's not the bottom of the barrel this week kind of the bottom of the barrel um, luckily, things will perk up next week, and this is where you tell me something about next week, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, obviously, we had like, whoa, hang on there, Keith. That was exciting. Uh, I think Jason just fell out the window. <laughs> it uh, just good you're there. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, I just fell. Totally I just fell. I just fell off. We're your totally table. keeping that in, by the way. We that, that was like the most exciting thing about the chart this week is just that I dropped my phone to- while talking about it. Drop anyway. the mic. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Descendants. Yo. Boom. So Keith. <laughs> Jason. Yes. Anyway, next week on the Billboard 200 albums chart, it, uh, we're going to see some big debuts from Luke Bryan. His new album came out last week, as well as. Dr. Dre. There's a new Dr. Dre album in this world. It is called Compton. It is a soundtrack to Straight Outta Compton. It's not really a soundtrack sort to Straight of, Outta Compton. Sort of soundtrack. It's sort of, but I don't, I'm, I, I, I'm unsure if any of the music from this album is actually in the movie. I could be wrong. But anyway, I'm it's, actually it's, that it's Dr. Well. Dre's Compton. So. Well, we'll, anyway. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, Keith, so it, it looks like Luke Bryan's still going to be number one, despite all the hoopla around this Dr. Dre album. Well, uh, yeah, right now, uh, forecasts are that Luke, uh, and this is as of Monday morning, you're hearing this on Tuesday, or perhaps later, right now, Luke is heading for maybe 340,000 overall units, and Dr. Dre could do maybe like around 300,000, 
Um, the week is not over yet. The week will not be over with until Thursday. Uh, that's the final day of our tracking week, which now runs Friday and Thursday each week. So we shall see. Um, but it, it seems like Luke has a fairly comfortable lead. Of course, anything can happen. And and one other thing I wanted to, to point out, Keith, is that so, someone doing very well on this album's chart, even though it's you know not in the in the top five yet i think it's number six this week is uh sam hunt's album is is seems to be performing very well it's it's in the top 10 it was released way back in october so it's a lot like you know the holdovers by taylor swift and ed sheeran and some of the others that have been hanging around the top 10 but sam hunt obviously a much smaller name and, and keith have you have you just seen this this album growing and growing each week um well it's not it's not growing and growing each week what's happening is that he's had an incredibly um like sustainable <laughs> he, he's like very you know, steady he's like when you go to whole foods you buy sustainable fruits um that doesn't sound right um uh, his, he's had very steady sales for his album because he's had he's so big on country radio he's like basically like the big breakout uh, star on country radio this year but at the same time he's also crossing over to mainstream top 40 and sort of like outside of the country realm he's actually crossing over um you know with songs like take your time which actually yeah. you know was a significant top 40 hit you know in terms of non-country audiences what's really cool is that his album uh, montevallo i could be pronouncing it wrong um, no yeah i think that's right montevallo um has actually sold more than like 11,000 copies in every single week that it's been out um it's steadily it's it has been among the top like 30 sellers each week since like january or february like it's just really consistent um and i think he's really someone to sort of watch not just in terms of country music but in just music in general this year of like what's going to happen as he moves forward with his career yeah if you're listening to this you've probably heard of sam hunt probably heard a uh sam hunt song even in passing but yeah just to point out like he he really is holding over very very well and just steady album sales uh, we'll see uh if he can turn that into real like country and and crossover stardom so keith we got to get to iconopop iconopop stopped by actually we i so i met iconopop last week in at their hotel they were they were staying in midtown manhattan and i i met them and and we met in the restaurant of the hotel, and it was too noisy to record the podcast. So we actually went up to their hotel, one of their hotel rooms, and recorded it. And they didn't have any like chairs, so we did. This interview was recorded on one half of Iconopop's bed. So we Ooh had la la. we had Eddie, our our sound guy, and me on the bed, and then Iconopop on the bed, and they, they were hilarious. And it, it was such a fun chat. We talked about. Opening for One Direction, their new single "Emergency," which was produced by Ricky Reed. If you know "Talk Dirty" and "Wiggle" by Jason Derulo, it sounds in that vein as well. And what's to come from them? Their debut album, "This Is Iconopop," was released back in 2013. Of course, that included their top 10 hit "I Love It," featuring Charlie XCX. They talked about following that up as well. So here is Iconopop on the Pop Shop Podcast. You want me down on Earth, but I am. I kind of about thank you guys so much for stopping by the billboard.com pop shop podcast and 
Congrats on the new EP release. You guys are playing stadiums. It's it's like a, an exciting time for you guys. How oh, are you guys feeling? Oh my god, yeah. We whew, when you said all of that, it was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, that sounds so cool. Yeah. Are we get, doing all of that? We're actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's no, but it's it's a little bit surreal. Yeah, I we're, called. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, I called my mom the other day, and she's like, "How's it going?" Like, it's mom. It's crazy, but. And I tried to explain to her, like, what's going on, and she doesn't get anything. She's like, well, that's amazing. I I mean, I want to see that. You know, she really doesn't get that it's 50,000 people, like, every night when we play, and then when One Direction plays even more. But, like, it's so weird to explain, like... Stadiums are the biggest you can do, basically. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So so tell me a little bit about what you guys see and feel on stage. Because, like you said, the, the, people are getting excited for One Direction uh-huh. and holding up the signs. Yeah, totally. And But but what is that like, just to look at that atmosphere and, and be part of that environment? I mean, it's it's amazing. It's You feel it even when you, when you roll in and you get to the venue. The excitement, the expectations of the night. Mm. People, they've been waiting. They've been, like, saving money to buy these tickets. And then they've been waiting for so many months. And then they've been buying their T-shirts. They've been making their signs. I mean, that's it's for real. And they're, like... A, it's beautiful. And yeah. everyone's united. And one of the most beautiful things we saw on the tour was, like... Um, before we went on, suddenly they were playing some songs, and because they're a lot of their fans are pretty young or they travel from a far distance, they they're there in time, and you could see like that they started to do the wave with the hands, and the wave was going like all around the whole stadium, and, and not it was just once, no, like ten, twenty times, and you could people were singing along i've never seen like people so uh un- united do you say that yeah to, it was like, like a big it was like a big party yeah. uh of people just you know singing together but even before the show yeah that's unbelievable yeah I, it's, i've never seen that before now have you guys spent like been able to spend time with the one direction guys we've uh we've been going out one time, one of the members, and then we've been basically just... Um, we've Hanging been having out. so much to yeah. do. Like, yeah. We've been oh, traveling yeah, sure. before and after, so we've been sticking along, like, uh, waving at them from this side of the stage <laughs> and be like, we're trying to stay here, and then we need to leave. But we've been hanging a little bit. <laughs> at they, the venue, you yeah. know, just, yeah. like, going in, saying hi. They're super nice. They're like, so, so nice, and we're looking forward to when we're both staying in the when we're all staying in the same city mm-hmm. yeah. for more than just because you know you go to the next place directly after it's yeah. like it's like a puzzle you try to just coordinate together well what, what's striking to me and i saw the show last night is that how calm and collected they are and mm-hmm. uh, it, their their energy is high but they're mm-hmm. very much like they they're they're obviously seasoned at this point mm-hmm. but just that 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 cool energy that they project is like oh yeah 50,000 people we got we got this like we we are controlling this correctly it's, it's very, unbelievable but i think the cool thing is that they're also they're very personal they talk a lot on stage yeah directly to their fans yeah, yeah. It's it's very, you know, they joke with them, they look at the signs, they're like... And I feel what they've done already from the beginning, it's really... They're having... They really have a show together with the audience. Yeah. And 
they grew the audience grew up together with them. Yeah. So I think everyone feels this special bond. It's very cool. Emergency, the the lead track. Uh, you guys worked with some really cool guys on this. Uh, Eric Hassel, yeah. who's one of my favorites, and Ricky Reed, yes, aka Wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Who such a good crew. Yeah. So how did this song come together with those two guys? It was pure magic. Um, basically, we've been writing a lot with Ricky or Wallpaper, and also with a lot of amazing names that, and and we were just in the studio hanging out. We and. Um, we invited Eric because he's one of our best friends. Yeah. Um, so we invited him to come to the studio and we basically wrote Emergency in like two hours. And it started off with that um, we were having an idea and, and Eric was like, I can go and put it in because um, we were like eating or something. And he's saying, <laughs> this is an emergency. And we were like, that sounds so freaking good. Yeah. We don't want to take that away. Like, let's keep no. it. So, um, and it was like, oh, 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 so am I singing on this song now? We were like, hell yeah. So I feel like... It was... Um, yeah. No, sorry. No. It, it was pure energy. Yeah. And I think that's the cool thing that can really happen. That's why we also like to collaborate with people. Yeah. Like, we love writing in the studio, just us. Mm-hmm. But it's very cool when you come into the studio and the just different energies blends together and creates something and it's so natural like mm. it felt like we were having a party that we're singing about in the song mm. yeah it's so it was so easy yeah it's it's such a fun song and what's really striking to me is how different it sounds for yeah. you guys it, it it sounds like it doesn't it, it definitely could not have belonged on the first album no 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 definitely not this is where we are right now yeah, yeah. it feels like it's exactly where we are today and what we also, I mean, we always write on the road. Yeah. Constantly. But it's hard to finish stuff on the road. Yeah. So that's why it felt very important for us to take the time and say, okay, we're not going to say yes to any shows right now. We're going to spend time and we're going to be in the studio. Mm. Because we've been through so much. We have so much to write about. We have so much to say. So it's been very, it's been so fun to go into the studio and just, this is where we are right now. What I need, I like it better. totally understand why you don't want to make I Love It Part 2 over yeah. and over and over. Um, but in terms of just the attitude of, mm-hmm. of the new stuff, and you guys are working on more songs and getting more music to share, like, what I loved about I Love It was, what I loved about I Love It, uh, <laughs> was it was just so pissed off. Oh. It was so fiery. Oh, yeah. And Hell, yeah. <laughs> we were literally, like, screaming our hearts out. Yeah. yeah on it that was, is, it, is it hurt to sing that song after a while? In the beginning? No. Like you get, you kind of condition we yourself to it. it. We were like, I got it. Like, yeah. We couldn't. Like, we just drank beer and like went into the studio and like it was soup. And we, we also recorded it at like in our closet mm-hmm. at Portobello Road in London. In London, the neighbors were like, boom, boom, boom. This is the last warning. Stop screaming. The same song over and over again because we were like. We need to capture that feeling. Imagine if they feeling. would know like, yeah. that it was actually... They were complaining about a song that was number one in the UK. Yeah, it's so funny when you think about <laughs> it like, like that. And we also kept, like... It's like with Manners. We kept uh, the first recordings. Yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to, you know, to 
re-record re yeah. a feeling. Because even though it's not perfect, it's still a certain feeling that you might capture. But then when you start to remake it, it becomes too perfect and you lose the, the first feeling you had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's a raw feeling. And yeah. it, it's something that... I, I really appreciate it. And I know a lot of people really appreciate it on one listen. And is my, my question is for this new music, like how do you, what kind of emotions are you, are you grasping at? What, what kind of feelings and themes are you thinking about really highlighting in the same way that you kind of capture that pissed off moment in your lives for, I love it. Um, well, I think it's all, I mean, it's of course very different depending on which songs for talk sure. about yeah um and i think for this album that we're writing on right now it's it's really a journey mm. it's like going through our diary mm. you know it's so many different emotions uh so it's hard to say like this is this is what we're aiming for this is what we're trying to you know express yeah. because i think we write a song with a topic that we care about and something that we feel a need to express. Mm. And then when we start singing it, that's where the magic actually happens. And sometimes yeah. it's the other way around. Sometimes you start singing something with an emotion and then you write the song around that. Yeah. You know? It's always different. And I feel that if I, if I talk about all the topics we've been writing so far, of course, Emergency, that's more a party song. Mm -hmm. Clap Snap, that's also more uh, of a weird song. But then when you go to first time, it's more emotional and we have songs about like sexual frustration. You know, <laughs> like we have so much like that you need like to talk about. Well, we kind of disguise a lot of like yeah. people might think that it's about something, but then it's about something totally different. Yeah. And we had the song called Downtown on our first album, and Mama, like our moms, were like, "Oh, it's a cute song," and you were like, "Ah, oh, it's amazing!" <laughs> but let's not listen when you You're kiss like, me yeah, downtown. Yeah, it is a cute song, Mom. I like it when you kiss me downtown. It's not a cute song, Mom, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like, and uh, also I think for us. <laughs> but we love those. Do your moms? Do, did your moms ever find out no. that? And okay. I still don't know. All right, cool. Sorry. Uh, so moms, but we are very like sexually to this podcast. open. Yeah. <laughs> Sex is the best thing that ever happened, humans. Uh, it's important. Yeah. There you go, Iconopop. Thanks again for stopping by. Actually, if if we were to go back into the Pop Shop podcast days of your <laughs> Keith, I don't know if you know, but Iconopop was our second guest ever. Wow! On the Pop Shop podcast, do you remember who our first guest was? Um, artist guest. I should I, I should say no. I don't. No idea. No idea. Damn, I, I I wish you'd say something, man. I, I feel like I'm giving up on you. Um, I, that's a hint, and I still don't know. It's <laughs> a pretty big hint. A great big world was our first oh. guest ever on the Pop Shop podcast, and then it was Icon of Pop the week after. Thanks again to Icon of Pop for stopping by. Keith, are you ready for your chart stat of the week? Hey, that was a little bit shorter than normal. Um. <laughs> I, that's fine hey that's fine. um did you know well actually you already know this jason because i've already prepped you um did you know 
Jason. Did I know? Yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know? <laughs> I think I do know. This week, 50 years ago, on August 14th, 1965, Sonny and Cher's I Got You, Babe hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Did you know that, Jason? I did know that. I did. I did indeed because you told me before we started taping this. Yeah. But. this I, I usually don't tell Jason what the chart stat of the week is, but this time he knew. Um, and you know, what's cool is that not only was it 50 years ago that uh, Sonny and Cher got their first and only number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, but I also actually talked to Cher, you know, one half of Sonny and Cher. Heyo! Heyo! Um, for um, a sort of a long in-depth uh Q&A about her amazing music career and specifically her chart career on the um, on the Billboard charts. Uh, I did the interview like a week or so ago, and um, we posted it to Billboard.com uh, last Friday. Um, you should definitely check it out. We'll probably link, link to it. Definitely check it out. Um, and um, she talked about the making of I Got You, Babe, and how uh, basically she was woke up in the middle of the night uh, by Sunny. And said, "Come down, you know, come downstairs, or come to the living room, uh, you know, uh, sing the song." And she's like, "All right, whatever." And she sang it, and <laughs> she's like, "Okay, I'm going back to bed. Bye." And she did, she didn't think that it was like you know going to turn into what it turned into. Um, and also, she was probably groggy. It was the middle of the night. Um, yeah, of course. And what I, what I thought was really interesting from our chat, and we talk a lot about all sorts of stuff, um, is that she she's basically said that she's not necessarily a very good judge of what can be a hit record um she doesn't necessarily hear hits like the first time she said this before previously you know she's the first time she heard the demo version for um if i could turn back time she didn't like it um they had a really hard time making her number one hit believe it was just not going anywhere until they kind of stumbled onto the uh vocoder sound that eventually made it so famous um so yeah, it's a really um, fun interview, and I had a great time talking to her, and it was, I was thrilled that she would take the time to speak to me. Um, so anyways, there you go. 50 years ago this week, uh, I got you, babe, hit number one, and go check out my interview with Cher. Yeah, check it. Check out Keith's chat with Cher, and thank you again for your Char Stat of the Week. I like that. My chat with Cher. My chat with Cher. Chat with, chat Cher. with Cher. Chat chatting with Cher. <laughs> Mm. All right, man. This was a particularly goofy Pop Show podcast episode. I dropped the phone. We did some British accents. Chat with chair. Chat with chair. Chat with chair. <laughs> it's like you know we're from Jersey, the Bronx. I, that's not. That's it sounds like really you're saying bad chair accent. instead of share. Yeah, I'm saying chair. <laughs> not even the chair. Now I'm doing Neil Diamond. Keith, do you have any parting words? I saw Neil Diamond in concert a few weeks ago at the Hollywood Bowl. Man, is he great? Oh. Yeah? Yeah. That's have you ever good? seen Neil Diamond in concert? No, I have not. I would he's, like to see Neil Diamond. He's so awesome. Yeah, that, that'd be pretty fun. He was at the Billboard uh, Music Awards. Getting, I years. think he got like the our Icon Award, I believe. Yeah, that was the year I was not there. Yeah. So. Bummer. Anyway, Keith, uh, next week on the Pop Show Podcast, before, before we wrap very quickly, we're, we are going to preview the Billboard Hot 100 Fest with a couple guests who are playing at the Billboard Hot 100 Fest. Yeah, don't Very say. excited about that. Hmm. And yeah, man, let's uh, let's go out on Believe by Cher. Why, n- why not? Why not? Uh, Keith, thank you. As always, thanks for listening, and take care. Do you believe?